Yes. So, see my boo boo? I was going to ask you, did you get punched? I did not get punched. I was, however, chasing a possum out of my chicken coop and hit the corner of the roof with my eye. I mean, the corner went like into my eyeball. I thought I was like, I'd really hurt myself, but I just have this um, black eye. Yeah, it's like ever so slight. You can ever so slight. barely see it. I'm like, is that what? Yeah, it's like a, a couple of scratches and it's a little swollen and a little bruised. I'm hoping this is as bad as it gets. This is my this is my possum chasing scar. Oh my God. <sighs> that possum I, got in the chicken coop. Crazy. I hate possums, man. I think that they're so gross. They are um they are mean if they are cornered. They're mean, nasty critters. They got sharp little teeth. Um, and they uh, were definitely looking to make a meal out of part of my chicken. Mm. So I'm glad we thwarted it. Um, I didn't realize it was so late at night. I always close my chicken coop like after dark, but before I go to bed. But mm. we were up really late and I didn't realize it was so late. It was midnight. And we hear the chicken was and Bert was like, there's a coyote in the backyard. So <laughs> he goes running out the back door and I'm like, you have to bring a bat or something. You just can't come upon a coyote. And I came out and I was like, there's nothing in the backyard, but the chickens were losing their mind. And I was like, something's in the coop. So I looked and there's like a little window and I didn't see anything. I was like, there's nothing in here. And then I looked around the corner in through, they have like a window and then they have a door. And I was a possum. I was like, that dang possum got in there. He's going to eat my chicken. Sucker. Anyway. And you got it out. Should we do an intro? Move on with our day? I yeah. still have 80 things to do today. No. Um, you ready? Yeah. Well, today's a treat. Today, my guest is uh, my mother-in-law, which is kind of cool. I mean, I love my mother-in-law. She's a great mother-in-law, but it's. I think we had a good conversation. We talked a little bit about Bert, a little bit about the pandemic, about their bus ride cross country. And uh, I don't know, it was a fun chit chat. Hope everybody likes it. Um, yeah, I hope everybody likes it. Reminder to go to freewaters.com and buy some mechanics or machines. I think machines are almost out, but there's still quite a few mechanics left. Um, oh, look at your machines. They look awesome. I got my machines right here. There they go. Uh, freewaters.com. And um, yeah, I know that I have a link on my website. There is no promo code for the mechanics. Those are for flip-flops. So um, it doesn't work for the machine or the mechanics. So sorry. Uh, I'm sorry if that was misrepresented somehow. I've gotten a few emails going, the promo code's not working. There's no promo code for the machine and the mechanics. Not not now, maybe later, but not yet. Um, but yeah, on this episode, we talk about Karen's uh, Sauvignon Blanc. It is so good. It's the Tierra Vino uh, Vineyard. And there's a link on my website on the tab that says link to great things to go to Karen's uh, website and order wine. She ships all over the country. And her promo code is still good. I think it's 20% off. So you can definitely check that out if you're looking for Christmas gifts. Natalie B Designs is still has a promo code on my website. Provide skincare. I've been using for months and months now. I absolutely love it. I think her promo code's expired, but you can definitely check out. It's my friend, Christina Rumbly. You can go back and watch a couple episodes with her and see what her skincare line is about. 
I don't know. You can go to birdbirdbird.com and buy some merch. I have some camper mugs left and a few sweatshirts. People keep asking me to make wife of the party pajamas. What a great idea. I wish I'd thought of that before right now <laughs> because it might be hard for me to get it done before Christmas, but it's a great idea. Wife of the party PJs. Um, so maybe, maybe for Valentine's day, I can make it happen. But anyway, thank you everybody for coming back every week. Thank you for all your positive comments. Thank you for all your negative comments. I like all of them. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Um, I hope everybody listening is well and has some good thing they're looking forward to tomorrow. It may not be or on today. I guess this drops on Thanksgiving. So that Thanksgiving can be special somehow. Like last week, I talked about making a Christmas tree out of poster board and construction paper on a year I couldn't go home. And that tree is really, really special to me. So maybe we can all find something tomorrow or today that makes um, this Thanksgiving special. Something you can find that you can be grateful for, especially if you're not having your typical Thanksgiving. So um, big hugs to everybody. and. And thanks for coming back and watching. I hope you enjoy uh, me and Gigi Kreischer. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're avoiding me. I'm okay. a little late um Bert called me right as I was walking out here um and he's recording two bears one cave and had me do a bit (laughs) an audio bit before and I was like I have somewhere to be I have somewhere to be but you know you know who takes precedence over everybody don't you G better than anyone yes not better than you but I passed them off to you close right yeah Thanks for doing this today. It's a lovely break. <laughs> a break from what? A legitimate break. <laughs> yes. Uh, from 24-7. Of course, they're darling. Yes. But a break is always lovely. A break is always <laughs> not. Yeah. So people who don't know, you're staying with Bert's. We, we sent Bert's tour bus to pick up you and Al. Uh-huh. And you are now in L.A. and staying at uh, Bert's sister's house, who lives downstairs from his other sister, your two daughters. And Cotty has a three-year-old and a nine-week-old? Eight weeks old today. Oh, two weeks today. Eight weeks today. Boy, if that's not a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yes, uh-huh. And there's not many people when we're together, it's not many people that get it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I remember being very grateful when you came to town because I'd be like, oh, 
five minutes of just at least five minutes here and there. Yeah. Just keeps, um, but it is a lot. It's a lot. And especially when, uh, you know, Al and I have been in pretty strict quarantine for eight months. And all I have to do is take care of me and him. But, you know, I mean, it's you didn't have the confusion of having to go someplace during the day. You couldn't go out for for um, I really love Instacart. Yeah. So I I lived in a, a bubble, but loved it. And yeah. my friends would all be saying, oh, I can't wait to go out. I do want to go out to dinner and order a drink that someone else makes for me. I do want I, to do that. <laughs> but I, I would sit there and think, what's wrong with me? I love being quarantined. This is amazing. So it's yeah. a forced slowdown for most people. I, I have been so busy in this quarantine, busier than I've been in a long time. Bert and I have both been really busy, but I hear that from most people that it's like a forced kind of slowdown. No soccer practice, no lessons, no, you know, no sleepover yeah. after sleepover. So you can yeah. actually just kind of chill. Um, what was it? What was the tour bus like? Well, I learned that when you're 72, you don't try to walk around when it is in motion. <laughs> Good lesson. And uh, I took a Dramamine every day, yeah. the non-drowsy. And I don't think I don't think I had a problem, but I wasn't going to risk it because I have such terrible motion sickness. Right, right. Um, and it was the safest way in the world to go through. And it made me very aware of what germs I should be looking out for. Yeah. And, you know, because when we go into hotels, I'd spray the room down, then I'd wipe everything down. And, you know, it, it just made me aware that um, just because, and I love the staff in hotels, don't misunderstand me, but their standard may not be your standard. Sure. They're 25, you're 72. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, but it was, it was very, very safe. And now, you know, I think we just have to be very respectful of this, the surge that's going to happen on the surge. Yeah, yeah. And think scientifically and protecting all Americans first by wearing a mask and yourself, but then not going out when you don't have to. Yeah, there's a lot you, know. you don't have to do. Isn't, doesn't yeah. it make this perfectly clear how much you don't have to do? I, you oh. don't have to go to Target. You can order. I buy more ordering. <laughs> You do? Oh yeah, because I sit there and I'm I'm writing something and you know doing some work and then I think oh, I'm out of eyeliner. <laughs> you know, I might as well get toner and moisturizer while I'm at it because I'm going to run out. And then oh, there's a sale on my gray shampoo. Okay, which is what I would never do. Typically, I just run out and use what was left in the guest shower. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I'm, I'm bad like that. I think I'm kind of bad like that too. I've been buying a lot of stuff too and uh, buying a lot of stuff that I need, but don't, not really, you know. Well, because you're sitting there <clears throat> in the blue recliner in the cave. Yes. <laughs> and you think, oh my God, I got to remember to get this. Mm -hmm. well, okay. Got my, pull my laptop out. Whereas if I made a list, I may never get around to buying it. Number right. one. Number two. Oh, I don't want to go to the mall. It's too oh. much trouble. So I don't get it. I do yeah. without. And now I don't do without. I Amazon is entirely too available for me. It's yeah, me too. So um will you ever do a cross country trip on a tour bus again? 
Um, the tour bus was delightful. Yeah. Ron was delightful. It was nice to know. Of course, I was sitting next to OCD Al. Yeah. Uh, he kept saying, I, I think, I think he's going over 70. I think, I, I, wait, wait, I, I, it's on, it's on, I'm on uh, life 360. We're on 72 miles an hour, you know, like, <laughs> yes, sweetheart. He, this is his profession and he's done it a lot. And you know, why, why are we going, we should just go across 10. I mean, why is it going up through Atlanta? I mean, this is ridiculous. Should I say something? I said, you say something. I'm going to trip you while you try to walk <laughs> because we're not saying anything to Ron. He goes, and, and I, he tried to, my, he got over micromanaging Ron very quickly. Thank God. <laughs> but, and you know, Ron's a professional. It's what he does for a living. You were wise to book hotels because yeah. that was a nice break for someone that's not used to a tour bus. And I can yeah. see that when, they get off stage and he expands it and they're all like puppies in a pen, you know, yeah. Yeah. releasing energy. And, you know, they, they have no standards. Let's put it that way. None. And we, on that tour bus. And we didn't drink on that trip. So right. I think drinking helps on a tour bus. Although still I couldn't stand up and walk and drink at the same time. Uh, no. But, um, no way. But it, it sort of, I think a tour bus when you're on tour is sort of semi-party, hard work. I really believe it's hard work, mm. but, um, and we were just, it was such a first experience. I probably would do it again, but now that I know what to expect, right, right. but I probably would do it again. It was a very safe way, but fortunately we'll all get vaccinated and we'll be back in airports. Yes. Yes. Let's, let's hope that sooner than later. What is the number one question people ask you about Bert? How did you, how did you get him to be a comedian? <laughs> and uh, did you say years of college <laughs> well i used to when he was first judged or voted the party animal mm -hmm. i had a woman once ask me how did you specifically raise a party animal <laughs> and i looked at her i didn't think she was serious because that's such an insane question i said well it started at chuck e cheese lots of birthday <laughs> parties when we didn't even know the people, we would just go in and crash, you know? <laughs> and she looked at me like, oh my God, that's like, I'm joking. I didn't raise a party animal. And when people say to me or to Al, how did you, how, how did you raise a comedian or what did you do to help him become a comedian? And I said, well, with Bert, we learned at an early age, first do no harm. <laughs> right. You don't raise a comedian. No. You raise a child to choose. Right. So we raised Bert. He chose to be a comedian, but He's we didn't raise him. I was shooting for Dr. Lawyer, honestly. Uh -huh. But, you know, so you get out of their way. Yeah. You raise them to be moral, ethical, honest, uh, have good character, kind, sensitive. That's what you raise a child to be. Yeah. And I, Bert was always happy. That was always a complaint I got about Bert. He's so happy. <laughs> Why would that be a complaint? Because he went to schools. I made, it wasn't a mistake, but I'm glad we did it. Uh, he went to schools that were academic hmm. because we knew he would settle in the middle of the road. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. didn't want him to go to a school that he could float. Right. And I mean, trust me, he still tried to float. Right. Because um, his focus in school was social. Totally. He loved the sports. He loved the guys. He loved the, you know, lunchtime. And that, that was who he was. And he got B's and C's. I'm happy. You know, you're passing. Right. 
because I knew I'd never get A's. Right. And I never wanted to put the stress on him because I had taught at these schools mm -hmm. and I saw parents just destroy their children by imposing a mentality on them, you know? And I said, Hey, you having fun learning? Did you learn something? Are you buying it? Go for it. You're yeah, fine. That's what we're um, doing too. Yeah. It's the best way to raise kids. And you did, there's no pressure. Just well, do your best. That's it. His father nor his mother. Saw the a. <laughs> why would we all of a sudden think we'd give birth to an a student? Right. 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 And that's really what I saw. I saw average parents. Right. Imposing this, um, you know, and then the kids, that's why they all ended up drinking at an early age. Anyway, um, uh, we loved who he became. We loved the kid that he was. And he right. was happy. And he right. was always busy and doing something. Fine. Right, right, right. You do what you're going to do. He was, he sounds, I mean, I, obviously I didn't know him as a child, but he sounds like he was into a lot, like tennis and, and um, swim. I didn't know he swam on a swim team. Briefly. Uh, brief, uh, briefly. Okay. Well, when he was about six, you know, you, as a parent, you do what was done to you. Sure. And you think, you know, you don't question it. So uh, I remember I, after Andy did a year of dance, she got in the car after the recital and she looked at me and said, you realize we're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> and Bert went to swimming lessons and he had a sinus infection. This oh. was when he was six. Right. He had a sinus infection. And so he went to swim practice. I made him go to practice because I had to be a good parent. I had to have him follow through. And he got in the car and he, <laughs> and he threw up. Aww. Well, he had swallowed so much water and he had all yeah. this mucus and everything. Yeah. So he threw up and he goes, now, can I not go to swim practice? <laughs> and then the pediatrician explained to me with his allergies, swimming. So it's your round in Florida. Yeah, was yeah. Not, was not the best choice. And he was on baseball. Yeah. Enough. Yeah, yeah. And then he got into tennis because the guys, the boys that he liked were into tennis. But his swimming career uh -huh. began at Jesuit uh -huh. when he found out there were girls on the swim team. Oh, motivation. But Almost killed the deal when he found out he had to wear Speedo. Oh, my God. The guy who lived in a long Speedo today. Yes, right. So he would put boxers on. He only would swim the backstroke. Oh, my. Why? He would only swim the backstroke because you get in the water with the backstroke. So he would get in the water with the backstroke, take his boxers off, put them <laughs> on the side of him. Now, he is, at this point, party bird. So the fact that he did this made everybody, all the kids, go wild. They thought it was just hysterical. Oh, my wild. God. I <coughs> so well, would never have thought that based on his Speedo collection today. Would never have thought. And he said he wore Speedos as a child, like a small child, six, seven, eight. Yes. Couldn't get yeah. him out of it. And yeah. if you go through the pictures, of, well, I've said, every time somebody <laughs> asks me for pictures and I send them, note, it's a Speedo and a cutoff Nike shirt. Right. Exactly. All the child wore. <laughs> Gigi, do you need to grab uh, some water or cough drop or anything like I that? I have. I have. I'm sorry for the coughing. I'll really try to stop. Um, I've been coughing for two years, and they don't know why. Okay. No problem. No idea why? No, they have no idea why. Huh. And it's common in senior citizens. Yeah. They think that it's the effect, long-term effect of either <clears throat> um, a blood pressure medicine or uh, Nexium. 
Interesting. Which they have no, but I, I, it's interesting. You'll go out and you'll hear the cough and you'll turn around and say, yeah, no reason. <laughs> Nobody knows why. Old Nobody age. knows why. Just happens. Old age. Just happens. Yep. So, you know, we talk, we've taught Bert and I've talked a lot about his anxiety on this podcast. Did he have a lot of anxiety as a kid? Um, he had separation problems. Yeah. He had a terrible time. It wasn't that he didn't want to leave us as mm-hmm. much as he was afraid of what would happen to us when he was if not he with left. us. Interesting. And uh, when he was, it went to Berkeley, went to six years old, went to first grade. And before the he started, Thurman Munson was killed in an airplane crash. Mm-hmm. Typical Bert. Mm-hmm. He listened to this pot, this newscast, mm-hmm. and somebody said he was flying home to see his children. So he would get to first grade and he would start crying. Aww. And <clears throat> all the girls in the class would huddle around him and take care of him. I think that was the beginning of something else. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and his teacher, who was a good friend of mine, still to this day, and she said, to, uh, she came to me and she said, Well, I said to him, Bert, you know, what are you crying about? Your mother will be back. Yes. And, she, and he said, you don't know that, Mrs. Thomas. She goes, yes, she will be here to pick you up. And he said, no, I can't, I can't depend on that because what if, a, what if she's in a car accident and is killed? Oh, my God. And Mary Will said, you know, this kid really. <laughs> and um, at that time, because the kid's 47, that would have been 40 years ago, not much was known about anxiety. Not much was right. really appreciated about younger children, younger human beings, mm-hmm. and what they were feeling. Mm-hmm. The child was somebody you molded, not somebody you allowed to unfold. Right. You know, right. not someone you respected. It right. was someone you controlled. Right. And um, you don't control a child with anxiety. You have no. to understand it. and You have to coach it, but you have to understand it and support them through it. Mm-hmm. And you know, what was interesting is shortly after that, I went to work at Berkeley. (laughs) So I didn't leave and he saw me in the classroom. Right. Uh, But Annie and Cotty both had anxiety about that. So, and of course I was dealing, I was running, um, I was in a classroom with children who were, had separation issues as a teacher. And then as a principal of a preschool where, I mean, talk about separation anxiety, talk about neurotic parents. And so I had to begin research and understand what I knew what the parents were going through. Mm-hmm. So I always had an open door policy. I had a policy where call us at any time. We didn't have videos or video cams or anything at that time. We didn't pull the child out to talk to the parent because we wanted the child to learn that every time mom went away and came back, it was an opportunity where you learned that you could trust that you would come back. Yeah. And I, I res- that research fell into my lap when with Bert. And so that was the only thing I knew to do right. was to just assure him that it's that I understand you're upset. I am to understand you're worried, but I am here. Mm-hmm. And when I come today, you will learn that you can trust that I will come back. And um, I don't think that that fixed his anxiety, mm-hmm. but I think it lessened it about us leaving him and going away from him. Right. Now, Andy wouldn't do it overnight, and and Cotty, I taught at the school where Cotty was, <laughs> and she still had, you know, they just, <clears throat> anxiety is anxiety. You can't, and, and to this day, to this moment, 
<laughs> Everybody in the family that has anxiety looks at me and gets angry that I don't have it. Yes. And Preaching to the choir. You yeah, and I and are same, same. <laughs> <laughs> and as I say to Cotty, I know that you're feeling something that I can't feel. But understand, it's not that I feel it and dismiss it. <laughs> right. It's that I'm wired differently. You're not wrong for the way you're wired. You're wired the way you're wired. Yes. I'm wired the way I'm wired. You yes. know? And um, we support each other. I feel that way too. I feel like, I feel like, um, when Bert has big anxiety stuff and I do, I am like sincerely trying my hardest to understand and be compassionate and, um, and open and loving and supportive. It's still a failure because at the base, I can't understand what he's go what he's, what he's going through. And for yeah. him, I'm failing him. And I'm like, but I'm failing you by not being wired to have anxiety. And I can't do anything about that. So can you forgive me that piece? And I find that he has a really hard time when he's in the moment forgiving yeah. me that I That's don't have it. And I, it's very frustrating as a person that doesn't have anxiety. Um, I totally validate all their feelings, but, but I feel like mine are not. Do you ever feel that way? Um, what I've learned, <clears throat> no, my feelings are fine. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> no. no, my feelings are fine too, but sometimes <clears throat> I go, I don't get any credit at all, like no, in your right. brain at all for being like, maybe since I don't have anxiety, I should maybe pay attention to what she's doing. So if she's not terrified in this moment, then maybe I should let that affect me positively. Instead, well, he blames me for not also being terrified. <laughs> well, but in the airport, in the airplane, you're supposed to put your mask on first. Yes. Before you help your child. Yes. And so I, it may be that, and what I was going to say, what I've learned is I respect their anxiety. Yes. I too. don't negate their anxiety. And, and I don't mean to say I play into it, but I respect it by going along with it. Right. Like uh, to be COVID tested every other day. Mm -hmm. But I'll go along with it. You right. know, you see, because, but because I, that helps someone else feel better. Yes, I um, do that too. But some, <laughs> there are times where I go, I cannot go along with this anymore. Oh, well, the, yes. I'm good. I'm good. This uh -huh. is now beyond, and uh -huh. I can't, I can't, I can't go into agreement with that. And well, there are times that, yeah, I think there are times that you um, enable their anxiety. Totally, yeah. I shouldn't, but yes, you know, right. you calm them down. And I remember once Al and I were driving somewhere, and I was angry. Okay, Leanne, how many times in the fifteen years you've known me have you seen me get angry at the family? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And he was trying to, he was trying to one up my anger uh -huh. so that I had to back off and I wasn't because I was right. Right. And right. he then finally stopped and said, look, this is the deal. I get upset and you calm me down. That's the way we work. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's probably very true. Yeah. That, and, and he feels safe getting upset because he knows 
he can lean on me because I don't get upset. Right. <clears throat> and it is hard when he gets upset about the kids. Mm-hmm. And he's not, I don't mean he's irrational upset. It's usually very, very, very valid. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I know the phone call the next day, the kids are going to totally come around to whatever it was that he thought they should be doing. Right. And he'd have a calm conversation with them and then there would not be a problem. Right. But I'd never say that to him. Right. I, you know, I, I say, you know, you have a good point. <clears throat> you're going to, I know tomorrow you're going to have a great conversation with them and this will be resolved. I can't believe that so-and-so would do something as stupid. Right. You know, it's just, they don't know, hon. They don't know. Yeah, They're not yeah. in your position. The whole anxiety thing, though, we've learned so much about in the terms of mental health and for for um, educational purposes. Right. Uh, but it's also, we've learned, it's not usually just anxiety. It's also a temperament. And some people have anxiety and shut in, shut down. Right. And some people have anxiety and act, you know, and then it's all out. You know, yeah. they throw up their anxiety all over the place. Yeah. So it, it, we're learning a lot about what goes along with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And there are times that I look at Bert and I think, wow, he's successful because of all the things that some psychologist or psychiatrist would have wanted to kick out. Totally, yeah. And we're very fortunate that he chose to do what he chose to do. Yeah. Because those qualities create that edge or that, that raw nerve or that, that person that thinks it makes sense to go on stage, take your shirt off and make people laugh. I mean, I think it makes perfect sense, but that's why I said first, do no harm. I knew what I had. Right, um, right. But I mean, I, I, and I remember when he first went into comedy, I thought, well, good comedians are usually screwy. Bert's not going to be very good at little did I know how screwy he was. And, <laughs> he might be a little bit screwy. <laughs> but well, you look at it and it's like Al's law career. Al, when he did litigation, he was so petrified. Anxiety ruled. He was petrified. He wouldn't say the right thing or do the right thing. He overprepared. He's never lost a case. Right. But he doesn't do litigation. Right. He learned, I'm not doing litigation. I'm going to do real estate because it's calm. I can control it. And that's how he chose to do what suited his temperament, his his set of skills. And fortunately, Bert did the same thing. Yes, he He did. did A distinct set of skills. And we're very fortunate that they came together in a way that made him happy in what he does and made him relatively successful. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a very specific skill set, especially comedians don't aren't usually as balanced as Bert, as imbalanced as Bert is. Mm-hmm. He's pretty balanced in a lot of in his value system, right? And how he uh, treats his family and thinks about his children and his friends. Um, it's pretty balanced. A lot of comedians that I've had relationships with aren't super balanced. They don't think. There's something's wrong with their value system. Not all of them, obviously. We're good friends with a lot of comedians that are awesome. But some of them I go, oh, that's kind of, you really sleep with a waitress in every single club across America and you're married with children? I don't Mm -hmm. understand that value system at all. But that seems to happen a lot in the world of comedy. Bert, I always say Bert's like a white picket fence guy that takes his shirt off and wears Speedos. You know, they don't, (laughs) 
usually go together, but for whatever reason, uh-huh. they do in his little being. He is very white picket fence. He's, you know, uh-huh. married well, once forever, two kids, wants to vacation with his family. You know, it's pretty regular, that part. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that that's what I meant when I said the way you raise a child. Mm-hmm. If you give him that foundation, he can do anything and be successful. Because there's a lot of lawyers that sleep with everybody that walks in their oh, office. Totally. There's a lot of doctors. There's a lot of uh, CEOs. Ooh, a lot of CEOs. You know, yeah. and it it that type of behavior feeds a need, right? And when you look at who Bert chose, yeah, and how he structures you and he structure your lives, mm-hmm. that's what feed his feeds his need. That's right. He needs that family. And healthy. And, you know, it, when we go out here, my friends will always say to me, so what'd you do in L.A.? What'd you do in Hollywood? <laughs> like, first of all, I didn't go to Hollywood. Um, and they'll say, what did you do? I said, laundry, babysitting, uh, dog walking, cooking. And they'll say, oh, where'd you go to dinner? I don't remember because I was rolling a child out around right. the back to keep her happy or him right, happy. Right. And... Um, you know, they'll, they'll always think that there's this glamorous lifestyle. And I said, no, you don't understand. The kids work in the industry. So when they come home, they want a safe place to fall that is totally and completely family. Yeah, totally. And uh, that, that, that's, that's not the way you, you live. I said, now when, you know, when you uh, go home, do you want to go watch every law TV show or talk to lawyers or go home and talk law with your wife. You don't no. You want to get away from it. You want to get away from the office. Right. So, um, but I think that that when I see how grounded your family is mm. and um, oh, thank you, yeah, you're grounded. You're, you're real. You're um, what did I was taking care of the girls at one time and Bert asked that, Oh, Bert was making breakfast and Isla said to him, he was doing Bert the Conqueror at the time. And he says, hey, big boy, can you conquer me up a hamburger? <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's probably healthy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. You know, it, that they don't, that they're not wrapped up in their fathers. I know they have to deal with their fathers, um, that uh, with other people's perception of their father's celebrity. Yeah. But that celebrity is just a perception. It's yeah. not, and actually it's a responsibility. Yes, and I they think should be, they should be taught that their father's celebrity is responsibility. To we have family. we have told them that the last time they just started, you know, Bert Lucky or whatever, just started getting really famous recently in the last few years, really recognizable in a way that it affected our family. So up until probably was it last summer, we were pretty anonymous as a family walking around the world. And then last summer when we went to back East, when we went to the lake and then to Tampa, when we landed in Atlanta, this whole group of kids that were going to basic uh, army, basic training in Georgia were on our plane and they lost their mind that Bert was on the plane and uh, Bert was in first class and the girls and I were in coach. (laughs) So we come out, and uh, uh oh, Andrew's sneaking in. What's up, Andrew? Oh, he's got to get something out of here. So uh, we're walking, all, we're deboarding the plane, and there's this huge mass of guys around their dad, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
uh, that was one of the first times I remember, I remember thinking something has changed now. This is a lot of people and they're old enough that I sent them to baggage claim to meet my dad who was picking us up. Mm -hmm. I was like, we'll be there shortly. It took us 45 minutes to get from the plane to baggage claim because people kept stopping him to take pictures. And when we got uh, back with the girls, they were, of course, super annoyed because they had to wait forever and they're teenagers and that's what they're supposed to do. But we did have that conversation with them. We were like, this is what gives us this life that we have is that dad has built this career not necessarily to become famous. I don't know what Bert would do for a living if he weren't a comedian. I mean, it's not like he went, I'm going to be famous. I think he went, the only thing I really want to do is be on stage and tell jokes and mm-hmm. the after, and to, to make a living at it. I mean, we'd always said, if we can just make a living at this, that's mm-hmm. great. No, yeah. the fame is a, obviously is nice. I don't really care about it, but is he enjoys some of it, but yeah, when that, um, that happened, we had a conversation with them and we were like, this is a responsibility. You can't just accrue all these fans and then go screw you for interrupting me. You yes. Know, obviously yes. there's some times we don't want people knocking on our front door. That is a, a breach. Like there's some personal spaces that fans shouldn't just assume they can be in. You know, we've had people, leave packages at our front door, um, pin notes to our front fence, people we don't know that we're like, you shouldn't really know that we live here. <laughs> and now that makes me nervous. That stuff is not appropriate. But if we're at Gelson's shopping and someone stops Bert, we can, I, we can never get annoyed at that because that's a lack of grace and gratitude. And I've tried to teach the girls that grace and gratitude are two of the most important things yeah. to have. If, mm-hmm. if someone approaches you and says, I loved seeing you on the cabin. Did you really ask your dad if he was in rehab to react in a graceful way with grace? It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that your feelings aren't valid, that you don't want to be bothered or mm-hmm. that that makes you feel, you know, weird or awkward. That's also true. But the person 99% of the time means no harm and you're usually mm-hmm. with me or another person and there's no harm in being graceful and saying, thank you so much. And mm-hmm. no, I didn't really think my dad was in rehab. <laughs> I was part of the show, you know? Uh-huh. So I think they kind of understand we've had more conversations after that, but I think that time was one of the first times where we went, look, this is something's changed and uh-huh. now we're not going to move through the world at least for a little bit of time, it may not be for long, but for this pocket of time, just have to be aware of um, how you behave and how it affects that person who mm-hmm. might be super, you may have made that person's weak yeah. by them just coming up and saying, <laughs> uh-huh. I love seeing you on the cabin. So are you going to be a jerk? Because that person that means a lot to that person and yeah. to be aware of that. So they're pretty good about that. It, it really makes Isla uncomfortable. She doesn't like that people know so much about her and uh, she doesn't like that. And I think that's pretty, I think it's really valid, but mm-hmm. she's 14, you know, she yeah. wants to be secretive about everything right now. She won't even tell me what she wants for Christmas. She wants to put it on an Amazon wish list and let me discover it myself from the wish list. I'm like, okay. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still going to get the information. You realize that. So 
just tell me. She doesn't yeah. want it. And she's a teenager. I think um, it's what I what I notice is when people confuse what a person does from who they are. Yes. And Bert, what he does for a living is not who he is. It's no. a part of his personality. I mean, <clears throat> Bert. I've met friends of his who are comedians that are never off stage. Yes, me too. And yeah, I think, is there anything more to this person? Right. And that, but, but, uh, and part of Bert's personality is that he enjoys people. Right. And, and that's the part that I, I always, I would t pick him up at the beach house, drive him down to the downtown improv in Tampa and all the way he'd be snoring and quiet <laughs> and, and exhausted and really, and he'd get out. And then when I go to pick him up, he, I would catch the end of his set and it was the, like the first time he told the machine story. Mm -hmm. And I thought that his comedy isn't his gift, his ability to do it every night, twice a night sometimes, and make it give the audience, bring the audience into his party. Right. That's the trash can. <laughs> I, they just left my house. They went from my house to your house, I think. So, I mean, that, that I think is the gift, but Bert knows it's what he is, what he does for a living. It's yeah. not who he is. And you know that too. Yes. Um, and and his girls, kids do. Yeah, they the know. The girls are internalizing that. Yeah. You don't have to tell them. They, they, but you're right. It is, it is his fan base. It is what puts, what gets him his next job. Yeah, it's, it's his people connection. Him. They, people connect to him. They feel like they know him. So this is what I'm dealing with behind the scenes. This person is obsessed with this item. Uh-huh. This person drops this item and it rolls under every piece of furniture and then she can't get it. And then she spends all of her time barking at it. So I have taken this item and she is now obsessed with it on top of me. Uh -huh. So I'm going to throw it outside and we're going to hope that she just stays outside. Go get it. She is something else, that dog. <laughs> um, I cannot wait to get into my own podcast studio so yeah. that I don't have dogs <laughs> and that I don't sit down. And this was in front of here. This was in front oh, yeah. of here. Mm -hmm. This was in front of here. <laughs> I sat down and it looked like this. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, really? Really? This is my space too. I have to clean all this up before I can even start. Oh, and there uh, was a whole big bag of cigars too. Oh, that's always adds to the ambiance. This, this was in front. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, being a comedian is a really odd thing, but I think Bert does it really beautifully. He, he handles everything pretty, pretty well. You know, being a dad, yeah. fluctuating between the two worlds is really hard. We have something called re-entry. You know, when he yes. comes home, yes. it takes us a couple of days, depending on how long he's been gone, for everybody to regulate. Everybody gets a little bit off. The girls don't want to, you know, they don't want another parent. One one voice of reason is enough in this house. Two, and they're like, seriously? Yeah. And they're united most of the time? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, and then, you know, Bert, Bert is used to telling everybody what to do, and they just hop to it. Mm -hmm. And he comes to this house with three very strong 
feminists who go get it yourself. He gets so aggravated. There's so many conversations we've had about. He's like, why can't you just do what I ask you? Why is it a big deal that I ask you to find my wallet, my keys, my sunglasses, my Rogaine, make me a glass of water and rub my feet? I don't know because we don't do that or ask each other to do that. So it's not like I'm doing all that for Isla and then you show up and I go, no, we all just kind of self-manage here in this house. We're super independent. And, you know, if someone asked me to get them a glass of water, it's so unusual that, of course, I do it. That's how you operate all day, Bert Kreischer. Bert uh-huh. Kreischer would like to be waited on hand and foot from the time he opens his eyes until he goes to bed. And I just didn't raise girls who want to just wait on someone hand and foot. We have stuff going on. Yeah. Like I have a full life that has nothing to do with Bert and also a full life that, that has a lot to do with Bert. So I can't just say, oh, yes, please. Can I clip your toenails? That would make me so happy. And I think in his fantasy world, he wished we would all like follow him around with feather fans and drinks on a tray and just, you know, be at his bag of gold. <laughs> I, had a, I had a very good friend whose husband traveled. We would leave Sunday night and get home Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And she had the same problem. Yeah. Because uh, it was reentry. Yeah. Because now they, they had this rhythm all week. Mm-hmm. And now he came back in. And yeah. what do you mean you're going to tell me what to, you know, what you want for dinner? Excuse me. This is what we're having. Yes. Yeah. It's very hard. And, um, but ironically, one of my distinct high school memories of Bert is reentry on Sunday afternoon. Oh, cause school starts Monday. Because the weekend was ending. He didn't give a shit about school. But yeah. the weekend was ending. The party was coming to an end. <laughs> and it wasn't, it, you just, it was like, you just hoped he stayed on another side of the house. You know, he still has that with the party, not because if he's been gone for a while, he'll want to go see the campers, our friends, the campers, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll want to see them every night. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point on like the third night, I'll go. No, I, I need, I can't do it three nights in a row, two mm-hmm. nights in a row. Okay. But the third, like I've got stuff to do. I've mm-hmm. got laundry. I've got, I can't do three nights in a row and he'll come totally undone, totally undone. And I'll say, you go over there, you go to Sandy's house. Totally fine. I'm going to stay mm-hmm. home and take care of my stuff, but he won't yeah. go without me. Yeah. He wants to go as the whole pod. <laughs> Everyone must party. And I'm like, I need, I, my laundry list doesn't stop. Like someone still has to make this house move forward. That's not in your job description. So you can party because you don't have a show or you don't have a podcast or you don't have something like that, but I can't, I've still got to unload the dishwasher, you know? Uh And what Bert does for a living is party. It's party. I know. Perception of party is twice night on the stage. Totally. so that's his, you, I, I'm not telling you something you don't know. <laughs> if you were to depend on Bert for any moving a house forward. Yes. It, there would be a condemned board. Yes. The front <laughs> yes, door yes. Very shortly yes. after he was given the responsibility. It, yes. That's not his skill set. No. But one of the things about, about hanging out with Bert, you hang out with him when he's on the stage. 
And that's what he does. He likes to party, he likes to hang out. So when he gets home, why would that stop? <laughs> why know? would it stop? Of course. I, I realize that, but at a certain, I, and we don't let it stop. We do. But at a certain point I go, I I need it to stop. Like this well, is, I can't live it. like that. No, that's I can't live like that. Lifestyle. He would do it. Like <laughs> we had one week where I just thought, I'm just going to see how many nights in a row he's going to make this happen. It was five, five nights in a row. And on the sixth night, I was like, I, I dude, I'm, this was an experiment that totally backfired on me. <laughs> I was hoping after night three, you'd go, boy, I'm really tired. I think we should just <laughs> hang in tonight and put on some pajamas and watch a movie. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So we've had these conversations over and over for years, probably for at least 12 years now about how I recharge my batteries by uh-huh. being by myself. Yeah. And that it's not a slap in the face to anybody to say, I need to go in my bedroom and close the door and read a book. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't love you or I don't want to see you or don't want to hang out with you, but I'm getting increasingly irritable because I don't have, I haven't recharged. So for all of us to be happy, I need a minute. And he's finally gotten to that place and uh, where he can hear me when I say that or not think that I'm breaking his heart or that I want a divorce. One time he was like, so you want a divorce? And I went, I just want to read, read a book. book. I just want to read a book by myself. I don't want to. But you realize two extroverts don't last long together. They would have to burn out, man. Yeah. They'd so have to. The mixing of an extrovert and an introvert. And that is not an indication of personality. That's an indication no. of how you recharge your batteries. That's right. Bert needs a crowd in order to recharge, get, to, recharge to re-entry. He needs a crowd. Yes, yes he does. And, 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 you know, but what's funny is Al is like you. Right. He, he, you know. It's a, it's a rare occasion when he wants to go. Well, he he'll go out. That's the point. Yeah. Not two nights in a row. That's not happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it and it and of course one of the reasons we moved to Florida was my family had something every single night of the weekend. Right. I bet. And I said enough, enough. I can't. I want to relax on Sunday night. I want right. to. And of course we had big dinners every Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, I'm they sure. Said, I saw them last Sunday. I said I know, but I haven't seen them all. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I went to work. Because Al poured all of his energy into the day, the work day, and came home and shut down. Right. Well, I was going 90 miles an hour with two kids and wanted, you know, I came to life when he came home. Well, that wasn't the way it was going to happen. So I let me go to work and I could pour it on at work. And then when he comes home and I come home, we both want to shut down. Right, right, right. You know, not shut down towards each other, but you know. Hey, can you, can you are killing Live a quieter life. We're having problems with separation anxiety with this person right here. And I think it's partly because of COVID because we haven't left for the last eight or nine months with any regularity. And Uh I've been super busy this week. So I've been over at our house almost all day, like from 7am to three in the afternoon. Um, over there. Um, and now I can't leave her. If I leave her in the house, she started like tearing up our back door to get to me. So Uh I thought I would try today to have her with me because if I put her in the house, she tears up our back door Uh and this is so distracting. (laughs) 
I can't wait to move. By the way. Yes. Yesterday, I had two children for a time by myself. Yeah. There is no way you can work at home and have your children at home with you. No way. I do that for a living and I couldn't do it. No. I mean, I take care of children for a living or I teach people how to do it. No. And I thought, oh my God. No. This is. Let's see. Isla was a year when we hired our first nanny, Jocelyn, our very first one. She Mm. was a year. So for a year, I worked at home by myself on that apartment building with two children's. And a traveling husband. And a traveling husband. I ran 139 units of apartments with two kids under the age of four uh-huh. <laughs> and no other adult. It, it, it's, it's interesting because now women have left the workforce. And it, it's so many. It's mm-hmm. so upsetting. Yeah. And so this is going to alter the way we do business has been forever changed. I think so. Because administration who have not had to take work at home and take care of children, who mm-hmm. don't, do not have the lifestyle or the life challenges that the 20 and 30, the working poor, I call them, the 20 and 30 year old families have, is going to say, I don't need all these, I don't need all this office space. I don't need all these people right. bumping into each other. I'll just sort of delegate and they can do it at home. Yeah, And then there will be, because I've been in this position, there is always the the administrative people who don't see what you're doing, so they want to make sure you're doing it, so they give you part of their job. Ah. It's usually a, a measurable outcome. Right. You know, I, I want this by six o'clock. Right. And they don't understand the work that goes into producing it and the intense concentration and isolation right. it needs to do it. So... It's going to, when we get back to normal, when the vet, like next spring, mm-hmm. next summer, when businesses respond because they see they can save money yes, and bump up profits and the profits are not going to go back to the workers, right? they're going to delegate and these, the family life, you're going to see mental health problems. You're going to see higher rate of divorce. Mm. You're going to see challenges mm. that you can't believe. I was talking to a friend of ours who's a builder, and I said, well, our house, our new house works because there's two home offices. Right. And I said, I can't tell you the number of my friends who's working at home with their husbands, and right. they don't have children, but they can't do it because one's in the kitchen and one's in the office. Right. You know, one's in the spare bedroom and one's in the... And um, I have one girlfriend that always holds it on her dining room table and there's a bar cart behind her. Right. <laughs> Love that one. But right? you know, I said, there's two home offices here. I said, Al and I are working at home beautifully because yeah. I go to one corner of the house and I'm all set up in there. And he goes to the other corner of the house and he's set up. Right. We visit during the day and it's yeah. delightful. But right. I said, you know, in the future, you're going to have to build homes. Mm-hmm. First of all, schools are going to do much more virtual learning. I think so. Yeah. And, and they're going to offer college definitely because they're going to offer the first two years that core online. Why am I going to waste? You know, they don't really value the first two years. Right. It, it's all garbage in, garbage out anyway. It's not thinking. 
Right. Um, and then high school is going to do that too. They're going to limit the, they're going to deal with the challenges of growth, mm-hmm. facility growth and facility maintenance by sending the smart kids home to work at home. Mm. I think that is a terrible plan. It is. It, you know, because high school is about uh, social. It, it's, it's about social. It's extracurricular activities. Yeah. It's leadership. Yes. It's uh, self-management, self-regulation. It's all your interpersonal skills, all your executive function that switches in high school because instead of just managing, um, just managing to allow the next teacher to come into the room, you have to get yourself to the next room. And right. that takes to get your executive function skills to, to get your act together. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's going to, it's going to have an impact that I don't think the people making decisions are going to understand because they were, have really never been in the position, but in early childhood, half the centers have closed anyway. Right. They went under. Right. And unfortunately it's the smart centers. The people who understood that this understood the next five years said, I I got a family. It's unsustainable. Yeah. I can't, this is a bleeding. This, this is emerging and it's not going to, it's not going to come back for five years. I don't want to put five years in. Right. The smart early childhood educators that I've talked to, Mm -hmm. you know, it scares me. And then the people that don't understand Mm -hmm. that are bad business people to begin with Mm -hmm. and see early childhood. And this would be for school as a business that they can make money on. And they don't really, they, I love children. Of course I care. Bullshit. Are you educating them? Right. Are they, are they bigger, stronger, smarter at the end of the day? Right. At the end of the week? Right. uh, Can you? Tell me what they have learned. Have you measured their learning? That type of program. They're like, you know what? We're underpaid. We're under, we're deep, we're undervalued. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bail. I got my right. degree. I'm going to go teach in the public school where I at least get benefits and, and right. $25 an hour as opposed to $8 an hour. Right. So it, it will change it. It, but you know, I look at Georgia mix, missing her junior year. Yeah. And Isla starting a new high school, all excited and, and how that altered. And I'm really in, interested to see how that plays out. Me too. Like, do they appreciate that senior year more? Does the summer get the vaccine in the spring and they come together again? What's that look like? Because I know when I can go out to dinner on a <laughs> Friday night and order a Cosmopolitan that I don't have to make. Right. I'm really going to appreciate it more. Yes. So yes. I'm wondering how that's going to play out with them. I wonder, yes, how that's going to play out with them also. I, it's, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday, <coughs> uh, someone who is a doctor, and the doctor was saying he thinks the collateral damage of COVID is going to be massive mental illnesses due to isolation and a lack of socialization, particularly yes. in children. And that the damage done from that is far worse than the one or 2% fatality rate we're running at. That he thinks the people in authority are making the wrong choice to choose to, this is not my opinion. This is just what this, this person's perspective was why are we protect? We are shutting 
everyone's life down to protect the 1% fatality, not people who are going to contract, but the people who are going to die is about 1% of our population. But we are affecting every single preschool, elementary school, middle school, high school, and college student in this country, and some of them detrimentally for the long term. Why are we making this choice? Why can't we figure out how to open schools? And, and I went, that's the point. It takes additional, <laughs> it takes additional funding. Mm-hmm. But in the preschool that I manage, yeah. every child wears a mask all day and they're happy. Yeah, I think now they don't know the playground and they have spaces that they can go to when they want to take their mask off. Every teacher all day. Mm-hmm. Um, Every, the parents are not allowed in the building. We have video cams all over. They can watch us all day long. I don't care. But we isolate the children. We've, yeah. we've picked up the techniques mm-hmm. that keep the children safe. Now, I don't want to jinx myself by saying we haven't had a case. Right. But we have parents that when they, ha- we clearly, clear policies that say, if you're, ch- if you're, you know, your family has been exposed to COVID and you send your child to school and we know, and then we, it, that information, comes to us. we have to shut your pod down for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to be that parent. No. So you see, but, and then the, and then in Pasco County, the county that the school's in, we could do that because the whole public school system had to wear masks. Right. Now, but the cleaning is additional. The, this, the cleaning and disinfecting the uh, staff you need extra school buses. You need extra staff for the cleaning. You need, there are expenses. Yeah, to sure. Right. And there is also, unfortunately for us, we were in a political climate where you did not have all teachers in agreement because mm-hmm. of their political viewpoint. And, and uh, there are areas in every town and, and Tampa's no different where you can't ask parents to wear masks. You can't mandate that because they'll leave. You will not have a school. Wow. So, yes, the child is only three for 12 months. Right. And the skills needed for the architect to develop the architecture of that brain, the experiences needed to build the architecture of that brain that year are not, they've been altered. Right. They're not recoverable. Yes. Well, you can, there is resilience. You can recover. But. You may not be a resilient person. Right. You may not. For instance, children that need trauma, that have lived with traumatic experiences, trauma experiences, death of a parent, um, a parent overseas, uh, (laughs) death of a grandparent, uh, poverty, homelessness, children that live with those traumas, early child traumas, all of their energy goes into just survival. Sure. Just getting through every day and in their own little three and four-year-old way. When that when we go back to normal, what they have different issues to live with mm-hmm. when they're when they have the opportunity to have experiences that build. They're going to p- repair that trauma first, right. not the trauma that came from isol- being isolated. Sure, and and it's not. I don't know that I would use the term trauma for being in quarantine. Right, but it's like lack of opportunity, lack of experiences, lack of growth. Mm-hmm. for that time. And that's what your, your, uh, co- your colleague was saying is that, that you can go, you, you can rebuild. Recover. You can recover you can from recover, it. But, but it's there. 
It, the, the recovery has to be intentional. Yes, that's what he said too. He said he believes that when we're all back up and running, there's going to be a greater need for mental health services in school than ever before. Oh yeah, as absolutely. Kids, because this is such formative time in their life, you know. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm already a fully formed person, but how, like you're saying, how much you form in that year of being three uh-huh. is. It's what other things build on top of, or mm-hmm. even when you're 14, 15, 16, that's another really intense building block. 13, all those years are really intense and, um, and shape who you are, maybe not permanently, but for a little while. And yeah. his, th- his, his assessment was we're just as bad as anxiety for kids and depression and eating disorders have become in recent years for youth, they're going to just explode once we go back to normal because yeah. they've been living in this bubble <laughs> and they've had this arrested development. Now they're going to be thrust back into this normal life, having been arrested in development for a year. And what will that cause? Um, really what yeah. would that look like? He's real concerned about that. And it's distinct for every year. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and I think that what, what I run into is people think, ah, they're one baloney. No, baloney oh, is right. You take in, in, a, in, 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 in different settings. And I don't mean you have to go to preschool or you have to go to childcare, but when you're visiting grandparents yeah, that's a, and when you're visiting, when you're out with family parties, you know, mm-hmm. the, the brain of the infant. Mm-hmm. It's stimulated. And so you're not getting any, if you limit the stimulation and you limit the brain's ability uh, to activate the neurons and to, yeah. you know, create the pathways, then it, it, it does have an impact. He's, he's very true. So I think education is going to have to rise to the occasion after that. Unfortunately, we're focused on getting bars and restaurants back up and running. And that will be where where we put our energy and we really should be looking at the long-term impact of the recovery. Of I the don't human, think anybody's thinking beings. about the long-term impact yeah. of recovery. I think they're just trying to get to the finish line, which is their perceived finish line is a vaccine. But the, I think that's really just the beginning, right? Yes. Because a lot of people won't take the vaccine. Now, if I'm vaccinated and hopefully the vaccine is a true protection, then I'm not going to get it from someone who doesn't wear a mask. Right. But we're still going to have the impact of an economic recovery. Mm-hmm. And the impact of those people who are not wearing masks, catching it, getting sick, and what that's going to do to our, our economy. Right. So it, and we're going to have massive unemployment, like mm-hmm. it or not, because unemployment doesn't just bounce back the next day. Right. Because restaurants have gone out of business, so their employees are screwed. Totally. Uh, businesses, small businesses will be impacted. Mm-hmm. Big, large systems will be impacted because they've downsized. Everybody that has lost money mm-hmm. will be measuring the comeback, the recovery. So there's going to be unemployment. Yes. And unemployment affects us across the board. Yes, it does. So, and then you put they, the budget, the state budgets and the federal budgets all go into uh, economic recovery, not social, well, human capital recovery, social no. capital recovery. No, if for sure not. 
intellectual it, capital recovery. It's gonna it's gonna stink. It's gonna be a busy a busy time, but you know, uh I think it's interesting because when you're look at Al and I have realized, hey, we can retire well. We never thought we could retire. We could do this. We could really do this nicely. You, know? you mean because of spending so much time together? Is that what you mean? Well, or not so being too fun. busy, not, not being uh, changing. Yeah. Saying no to things ah. because we couldn't be physically present. Mm. Um, dialing back. Right. You know, dialing back. Now for Al working from home, doesn't have to be in an office. An office has an energy, a rhythm of, of patterns, you know, that can be exhausting. Sure. You want to get away from that. And, you know, working at home was much more relaxable for him. Uh, For me, I was getting away from it. But now I've stepped back and thought, why? I don't need to volunteer for that. (laughs) Let somebody else volunteer for it. I I learned I can knit all day. (laughs) Yeah, right. I can surf the net all day. Right. I I can bake. I can, you know, before I think baking, I have to do something productive. Right, right, right. You know, knitting is for when I don't, when I, I have nothing else to do and all my work is done. No, I love, I mean, it, it just has changed the way I see what I want to do. That's great. That's great. So it, it, I think every age has been affected and hopefully in a positive way. And I, my heart breaks for those people who, for whom the death has been a factor in this, because mm-hmm. that's, I Terrible. just, Yes, that's terrible. That is unimaginable to me. Yes, I agree. It's terrible. It's a it's a really crazy time. Um, yes, it is. Hopefully, we learn whatever it is we're supposed to be learning. You know, that's I think everything happens for you to learn something. So, what are we mm-hmm. supposed to be learning? Maybe as a society, and maybe as a part, just a single person, or within your family. What are you supposed to be learning from this? You know, one thing I learned is that. Um, I have a really hard time knitting for knitting's sake. You're too young. <laughs> I still can't do it. I can't do it. And uh, I all, have a lot of friends who have really downshifted and are super enjoying this pandemic. And I just haven't been able to do it. That's something I have to work on. Um, and um, But your knitting, my knitting, is your house renovating. Yeah, but I have serious deadlines with that. You probably don't have any deadlines with your knitting. <laughs> oh, no, you can't knit forever. I mean, I have the squares. I thought I was very naive with the, the crocheted afghans together. But the knitted afghan, all the square, 30 squares are made, but I have to sew them together and then uh, crochet a border. Yeah. Dumbo thought she was going to do that during this visit to L.A., Oh, well, you were crazy, G. I I, you, when you called me and asked me, I would have said, don't bother. Don't even bring it. You're not <laughs> going to have a minute. Yeah, but I think that right now your renovation has deadlines. Once you're in, and there will always be something you're doing. Yes. And you will give yourself deadlines. I and do. that's the difference. Yes. I've learned not to give myself to. I've learned that I can do things and adjust the deadline. Right. And, but I do it because I'm surprised that I can enjoy that because I, there were things in my head that were serious and right. I had to do that. Right. They've gone out the window. That's <laughs> I awesome. Mean, I feel like I have a Marine drill sergeant in my head going, okay, today 
we're gonna get this done and this done and this done and this done. And if you don't get that done, 40 push-ups, which is also good for you. So it's not a bad thing if you don't get it done because you'll still be doing 40 push-ups. Uh-huh. I feel like that every day. And you know, even after I fell and end up in the hospital, I was like, I'm just gonna do two things a day. And I have been really good at staying on the two things a day. But that drill star- sergeant stays in my head. I don't yeah. know what, I mean, he's very helpful. I get more done than most people uh-huh. in a five minute time period, but he is really exhausting there. I mean, last night I fell asleep at eight 30 on the couch and uh-huh. Bert was like, just go to bed. And uh-huh. I was like, well, I can't, I can't ethically go to bed at eight 30. <laughs> I have an ethical problem I now. I got to wake up. So we were watching this movie because uh, Bert's working on this feature and he wanted me to watch it with him and talk about story notes. And I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it through the movie. Just too worn out. So I went to bed and then felt terrible because I wasn't able to make it through the movie with him because he asked me to help him. I was like, yeah, I'll help you. (laughs) What? Oh, I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. Couldn't do it. Well, and I think I think that what I've learned, I, I my drill sergeant has left my brain. I'm so That's glad what quarantine has done to me, and I have I have a different priority. But I don't know that at your age and stage of family life, you could possibly you have to work with the drill sergeant. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because you you still have you're moving things forward. Whereas yes. you know, except uh, Teddy, Cotty, and Teddy were on the couch last month and she may have told you this but um i have a bad habit when i'm napping my head falls back i'll go and then that's what i wake up and know i'm napping and so cotty had their mike and and annie are teasing cotty mercilessly that she's developing a lot of my my habits <laughs> so she has teddy on her they're curled up on the couch and she starts sleeping and all of a sudden she goes and teddy looks at her and says mommy nope <laughs> so yes i i know the uh i'll say to al sure turn that on it's eight o'clock we'll watch it and then i'm sound asleep at eight ten. yes in the I recliner know. in the blue recliner in the blue recliner the fabulous your recliner? recliner there's two there's okay. two blue recli- recliners in the cave and you know for years i would not have a recliner in my house oh they're the best things and then Al had his heart, began his heart problem. So I had a cardiac recliner. <laughs> ah, a cardiac recliner. And I thought, <clears throat> I'm going to have this. It, it'll close up. It won't look like a recliner. I spent so much time in that damn chair. <laughs> ever since. Uh, ever since. And my living room, I wish I had a recliner in my living room. And I have standards. There will be no recliners in my living room. I know. Uh, We're sitting <clears throat> in his recliner. And you know, his recliner is, is a... It is a recliner. There's no hiding. That is a recliner. That's a recliner like what my daddy had as a kid. Uh, And when he wanted a (laughs) recliner, what this is something I find really fascinating about Bert and about Bert. Bert has so many familiar things to me. Now, I grew up super country, right? With my dad. My, My life with my dad was so country. Uh-huh. And there's so many things Bert brings into the house that aren't from you. 
Like you would never have this recliner in your house. Not in the not in the Colebrook house. There is no part of Gigi or Al that would ever have this recliner. I know that came from going to Bowden and sitting in my dad's recliner and going, hey, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. I'm so shocked that he brings that stuff with him uh-huh. because some of it is just so country, right? Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but I have those realizations all the time where I go, that is from Bowden, Georgia. And I can't believe that you like that. Like, I'm so surprised that you like that. I think anybody would like a recliner. Recliners are universal. Yes, but I love a recliner when I sit in it. But your recliner looks like a piece of furniture that happens to recline. Bert's <laughs> recliner looks like a recliner. It's like a marshmallow that reclines. Yes, yes. A it, chocolate marshmallow that goes yeah, back and forth. And that sucks you in. And With once you get in there, lever on the side, the chew, yeah. chew lever. I mean, there's no mistaking. But he was sitting in it the other day and I said, what are we going to do with this recliner in this house? I mean, we're building this bit, very fancy new house. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with that recliner? And he said, what do you mean? It's going right in the middle of the den. And I went, well, I thought maybe you'd want to put it upstairs, like in the screening room. And he went, no way, no way, no way. We just have to buy another one for upstairs. Exactly like this one. And I went, don't you want to look around and look at one from like pottery barn? And he's like, no way, no way. This exact recliner. We're going back to the store where we bought this recliner and buying this recliner. Okay, I'll give you this. If that recliner is the same comfortable as this recliner, the new one can go downstairs. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to have to design this whole den around this stupid recliner. This football. <laughs> because it will have to be placed uh-huh. where he can see the television. You know, so I can't like <laughs> place it over here. And yeah. some obscure, and it's going to have to be where he can comfortably watch TV. So I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is how my daddy is the same way. His recliner goes from house to house to house. He had that when I was a kid, he had the same recliner my entire childhood. He would just continually get it recovered. So he would, you know, he'd get it all beat up. It was always uh-huh. leather and he'd get all beat up and then he'd have it recovered. And then he'd get all beat up again. And he'd have, I mean, like 20, 25 years, he had the same chair. And I'm thinking, I may have married the same guy in that lane. In the yes. lane of the recliner, mm-hmm. Jimmy Kemp has converted you. <laughs> Dude, we're recovering this recliner now? I said, well, let's recover. And he went, no, 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 no. It's perfect just the way it is. I'm afraid if you recover it, it won't sit the same. And I need it to sit exactly like it. I was like, oh, my God. So we'll be having this recliner in our fancy new house. Well, actually, every furniture store we go into, if there is a recliner, this is, I can document this with sales receipts. (laughs) Al will sit in it. If he likes it, he buys it. What does he do with it? That's our problem. (laughs) But what do you do with the old ones when the new one comes in? uh, Gives it away. Could you ship it to LA? <laughs> well, we had the two brown leather in Colebrook, in his cave in Colebrook. Mm-hmm. And then we had one in the living, the, the Ralph Lauren chair, which is, he will not part with. That's his Bowden recliner. Yeah, yeah. And it goes to every bedroom. I mean, we had recliners in our, oh, 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 I'm sorry. The new recliners go on the first floor. 
Okay. The old recliners go in our bedrooms. Aha. Uh-huh. So, so the, in our bedroom and, and become clothes hangers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and now, uh, when we went into the new house, I had a lovely, um, salesperson at Ethan Allen. Chris, Al picked all the furniture in one afternoon. Right. No decisions. Boom. The only reason yeah. I agreed to it was I knew I had three days to rescind the contract. Oh my gosh. So anyway, she, we new furniture all throughout the house. And I had, uh, I wanted two comfortable chairs in the bedroom, made the bedroom big enough that I could sit in the bedroom in the chair. Right. Then I had the rocker that I rocked all the children in. Mm-hmm. Now the guest bedrooms are too small for chairs because why am I building a big guest room? Yes. Yeah, sorry, totally. you're my guest, but no, no, no. Out to the living room. So then I have this Ralph Lauren chair. So uh, the Bartolettes were next door, and Darlene had a hotsy totsy, fancy dancy designer. Woo! Ooh la la. She was designing, and and Darlene said, "I want, I want the wow factor like Gigi has." So Susan Decker Rock. Well, I shouldn't say names. Anyway, <laughs> she goes over. She says, "Well, let me see Gigi's house." So she goes in. And she snooty, you know, huh, huh, which is in essence for her. Wow, this is not bad. Right. So goes in the ch- into the bedroom and she looks at me and says, why do you have six chairs in your bedroom? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let me I explain. Said, so I said, because I wanted them. <laughs> right. And so Darlene comes back and she says, why do, you, why do you have six chairs in your bedroom? I said, those were on sale at Haverty's and they were new and I love them. That's the Ralph Red Cherry won't leave. That's the rocker. And they're the two recliners that we had to have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he brought so home funny. one day. <laughs> so she goes, well, so-and-so was very upset that you had six chairs. I said, but you know what? When Al's recovering from something, all the company has a chair to sit in, in the bedroom. That's right. <laughs> but the, the, the recliner issue <laughs> You're lucky he doesn't buy recliners and bring them home. That he has oh. a patient on one recliner. Oh, yeah, uh, like he doesn't have problems with other things like shoes and hats. I have I three mountain bikes, three <laughs> mountain bikes, an electric bike, and a beach cruiser. <laughs> oh, uh, you have mean, a beach cruiser? Yeah, he has a beach cruiser. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, it like was- uh, skateboards, four sets of golf clubs. To my knowledge, you can only use one set at a time. Is that right? Uh, Not necessarily. Because when we start hooking, we get the other set up. When we start, what is it to go to the other way? You hook and you do some slicing. You do it another way. God forbid you shank. That's when you give up. Then we have a moratorium. You have a funeral for your golf clubs. And you go out and buy the fifth set. That's for the shank. No, 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 no. And then if you pop it, oh my God, that's another set all entirely. So, well, Al has about 12 sets of golf clubs. So he got that from his father. Uh, I said to him, your gym is filling up really fast over that new house with four sets of golf clubs and three mountain bikes and a beach cruiser. And he's like, we're not putting that in my gym. Well, where else am I going to put it? I can't put it in the house. We're going to clutter up our house. This house is so cluttered as it is. Our little house that we live in now is so packed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just going to pack it all in this gym. Three backgammon sets because you can play three games of backgammon at the same time. I don't know. He bought them all three at the same time. He didn't know which one he'd want. So he just bought three. That's called Gigi shopping. 
It is? Yes. The kids have a name for it. Gigi shopping. And they, 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 are, they would never let Gigi and Bert go shopping together for food. Because. Yes. Yes. I could see that. Not end well. I could see that. You know, it's so funny. It's it, because I know you and Al for so long. It's interesting to see what parts of Bert's personality are similar to which parts of yours. It's really fascinating. He's such a mixture of the two of you. Um, cause he's definitely got your Hobson party, never meets a stranger, can talk to anybody. And he has definitely has Al's anxiety, but it's totally different. And he's so wicked smart. You guys are both really, obviously, really smart people, but Bert is just so smart. And I don't know, when I watch him move through his days, it's interesting to see, you know, he is himself. He's not you or Al, but to see where parts of him come from um, yeah, helps you understand better, right? It, to me, okay. it helps me understand him better because if I watch the two of you and try to understand who you are as people, as individuals, and then see how that manifests in him, it gives me a clearer picture of him. I don't know why. It's just how my no, brain works. Yeah. No, that that's because you are uh, a composite of your experiences and you had most of those experiences. You learn experiences teach everything. teaches. Right. So you learn how to be a person from living with your family. And so you pick up those. Uh, you're wired one way. So that's, right. you're predisposed to certain things. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Your trash uh, truck came back to my house. Do you hear what, it? <laughs> We're so trading trash trucks. I'm thinking that because so much is going on in the in the condos with yeah. working down here, I thought your poor fellow has to put up with the trash <laughs> trucks, the helicopter, the birds, <laughs> the dog. Bird. Oh, the, well, the dog yeah. finally went to sleep. Finally, I cough. <laughs> she finally went to sleep. I don't know where the other dog is. He's not. He doesn't have separation anxiety, but she does. Really? She's, oh, it's terrible. Bert said when I'm not home. She cries. She just cries. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? I can't put her in my handbag and uh -huh. walk to the store. I mean, she's 120 pounds. I can't take her with me. So, <laughs> so he says. You're, you're he says, her service human. I am her service human. Bert <laughs> says that I do this to everybody. That I make <laughs> myself, uh, that I make myself, um, what does he call it? Where, where you can't live without me. So I do it to the dogs. I've done it to him. I do it to my children. I do it to some of my friends. And I'm like, I'm, by the way, I'm not doing anything. I'm just showing up. And this yeah. dog has attached and you have attached. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind well, of not aware of that. That's called relationship, Bert. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> degrees of relationship. <laughs> so what are you guys doing over there today? Any plans? Surviving. Um, uh, uh, they have to speckle. They, uh, Al and Cotty and Ted. Yes. Went to Home Depot. Oh boy. Crack of dawn. <laughs> They're in the, the checkout. Cotty and everything Ted saw that he wanted, he put in the cart. Of course. And, you know, Ted doesn't like the no word. And yeah. Al didn't want to deal with the meltdown. Yeah. So Al goes through the the thing and kind of goes, why are we buying doorknobs? <laughs> and Al said, I couldn't say no. She says, why are we buying pump plumbing wire? He says, because I couldn't say no. Oh, my gosh. That's hysterical. So, so they are speckling and painting Annie's bathroom. 
Oh, they're going to paint her bathroom. Yeah. And so I got to get back upstairs to yeah. take uh, a wait. No, no. He's taking a nine. He's in a knee night. I know. I was, that was how I was wrapping up. See what yeah. else we're doing today. Nina. Yes. Uh, and then we'll just chill this afternoon. Get Ted out to do some running. Yes. Uh, little Miss Sweet Cheeks is growing into her own. Is she? How so? Yeah. She's, she's getting fidgety. She wants to get, she doesn't like to be held that much. So, well, still, but you know, she wants to get on the mat. She wants to do some kicking. She likes to be held forward now. So, you know, it's, uh, you got to measure how much time someone holds her because that's not always the healthiest for kids. Uh, but yet it is, you know, she needs that physical, whatever. So, and then, uh, dinner and early to bed because tomorrow we are cooking. I know, turkey day. Today, yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to cook. I uh, know I asked, we're supposed to, we're bringing dessert for people watching. Um, and uh, Annie said, pecan pie and wine. And I was like, done and done. And so done and, yeah. neither of my kids like pecan pie. So I was like, that's all we're bringing. So I know, right? I do. <laughs> I love it. But um, I said, okay, well then what you, what do you want? And Isla was like, my favorite thing on the planet, my favorite thing that you make that I want you to make every Thanksgiving and you never do is lemon pie. Oh, that's good. And I went, okay, I'll make you a lemon pie. And George goes, I don't like lemon pie. I was hoping you'd make a pound cake. And I was like, well, I guess I'll make a pound cake too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm making pecan pie, lemon pie, and a pound cake and bringing wine. So I'm uh-huh. going to make one of them today, probably. Oh, bring that Sauvignon Blanc. That was great. Oh, I have a ton of it. I'd be happy to. I can and bring fortunately, I can deal with a ton of it. Totally. And for anybody who wants to know what that Sauvignon Blanc was, it's my friend Karen's and you can get it at her. I think I've been talking about her winery forever, Tierra Vino. And there's a link on my website. So if you want it, it's really good. It Uh, is good. And I do not do California Sauvignon Blancs. Yeah. Only New Zealand's. And this is good. Yeah, it's really good. Her Chardonnay is really good too. And I don't like Chardonnay at all. Oh. But hers is really, really nice. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what, how do you change a wine to make it taste like a grape? It's the grape is a grape. How do you, I don't know. It's it's over my head. The, the, the climate in New Zealand Mm -hmm. affects the way the grape grows. Mm. Now I know nothing about wine, but I do know that I don't like Chardonnay because of the oak barrels that it's done in. Ah, interesting. And when it's an unoaked Chardonnay, it's Mm. easy. It's better. (coughs) Bless you. (laughs) <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for doing this today. Thank you. Thank it was you fun. Did you have fun? You. Yes. It was just you and I hanging out yeah. talking. Same as We're usual. To podcasts, I Same think. as usual. I think so. So, okay. Well, thank you. Tell everybody, hey. I will. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And I will confirm your desserts. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs> thanks, dear. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. We should get together